Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And our toll free number, 800 951 The website at allamericangold.com. And how you doing? It's a holiday shortened week. It's already Thursday. Uh, I was, you know, Monday was Labor Day. I had a uh, surgery on my elbow on Tuesday. Uh, did this show yesterday. Uh, today, my arm is just killing me. So I figured, what a great day. I'm ready to get out on the air and take all that pain and give it all to you guys today. Got a great show lined up for you. I'm going to give you a little tease. Be ready to call. That's all I'm going to tell you. Be ready to call. Uh, we've got items that we haven't had in a while, uh, and they're not going to last uh, through the show. They just aren't going to do it, uh, so be ready. Be ready. Uh, yesterday, you know, we had the stone-cold lead pipe lock of the week. Blew it out. Sold it out. Uh, but today, I've got I've got a couple of different items, and we'll just kind of go in order. As we sell out of one, we'll go to the next. Uh, but, but be ready. Uh, it is Thursday, so it is jobless claims day. We've got a big shipping day uh, here in Phoenix and, and uh, Colorado. I think Colorado, they're all, Jason is always on top of it. Uh, I'm behind, but uh, big shipping day out of Phoenix here today. Uh, a lot going on. Another good day in the gold and silver markets. You know, gold's up another 15, 20 bucks. Silver's up uh, another 25 cents. Uh, the Dow. Uh, went negative, just went negative, down a hundred plus points. Uh, not a lot going on except for jobs. Where are they? Uh, they weren't there. Jobless claims came out today. Uh, another one, and again, remember they changed the methodology. I don't care. Listen, you can change the numbers to whatever you like them to be. Here's what you can't change: you can't change how many people are continuing to file for unemployment benefits, no matter what you do with the uh, number. But today's number, 884,000. The previous number was 881. They moved that to 884. So two weeks in a row of 800 and uh, was it 84 or 44? I, I want to make sure I get it right. 884,000. Of course, we think with the new methodology, we think that, that these were the old millions. Right. Remember, uh, for the last like ten weeks, we were like a million, one point one million, million this, million that, and then they changed the way they did things last week. Uh, this number came in the same, but the bigger number was the continuing claims. Even on the the government number uh, was way up, thirteen point eight million. Uh, but the real number, tw- almost thirty, just missed thirty million. So no matter what you look at, because you remember now you have two different types of continuing unemployment claims, and I explain it every week, and I'll keep doing it. Why the media doesn't give us the right number, I don't know. Maybe it would help uh, Congress to pass some things along to get uh, get this thing going again, but but I doubt it. So you have the regular unemployment people. That number... Uh, the continuing claims number was 13.35 million. That was up about a hundred thousand from the previous week. Okay, now that would have been under normal times 
people that could file for unemployment benefits. Remember, you contract workers uh, weren't allowed to. They made an exception because of COVID. Now, normally this number was about 1.68 million. So we're at 13.385. But then there's another special program for the what we'll call the 1099ers, uh, the contract workers. That number continued to rise as well. Like I said, just a shade under 39 million people filing for continuing claims. So that was not the direction we wanted to go in. Uh, the the claims on the weekly that 884 number I think that was kind of in line I don't I don't see that changing very much matter of fact I'm a little worried coming at the first week of October because that's when we're going to get all the airline layoffs uh, and the hotels are going to follow suit so you're going to see a lot of airline and hotel layoffs uh, I'm hoping we don't spike above a back above a million but we could. So that was the the number there. Crude oil, uh, disappointing data on crude oil. Again, kind of reflective of these these jobless claims number. Uh, the the demand not what they were hoping for, and so we have crude oil now below thirty eight dollars. And again, remember now that is the contract price. It's not the cash price. That's. $37 in change if you have the perfect grade of crude, uh, which most of them, you know, most say, hey, my crude's a little heavy or my crude's a little light. And so your cash price is going to be well below that. And, of course, we know uh, the oil industry has taken a big beating during the COVID uh, and, and, and pricing the action, at least through September so far, not helpful. Uh, are we going to see more layoffs in the crude industry, I hope not. Probably more bankruptcy filings uh, if crude oil prices continue to stay under pressure. Uh, and again, we'll have to watch it. We had uh, uh, gains in uh, crude inventories and Cushing and distillates and regulars. We had a draw in gasoline, uh, but it wasn't enough uh, to offset right now crude oil $37.83. In, in uh, so it's something to keep our eye on. Hopefully, hopefully that will reverse itself. I just don't know how. Again, I don't know where the jobs are going to come from to get the demand back. And obviously, driving season is over now. Uh, back to school, which you know, you know, when the kids don't go back to school, there's no reason to drive, right? Patriot Radio News Hour. Listen, get ready to call. We got some great items coming up next. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two i've got two items that i don't expect to last uh 20 minutes really uh i've got 30 of each i've got 30 20 saints we haven't run saints in months matter of fact they're not even uh, the only saints on my website, on my shopping cart, right, there's some AU saints and graded saints, but uh, we haven't had uh, our regular saints in months. I've got 30 of them. You're going to save 20 bucks a throw, uh, $2,200 for, for a $20 St. Gaudens uh, gold piece. This is the ones, right, remember on the saints, right, Teddy Roosevelt, didn't think the liberties 
the Liberties were 1866 to 1907, were majestic enough for the new superpower that was America. So he commissioned an artist named Augustus St. Gaudens to design the new coin. And this design, this is the same design uh, that you see like on the Silver Eagles and stuff. This is a, a just worldwide famous design by Augustus St. Gaudens. The coin is, called, is named after him because he actually died right as the coins were getting ready to be released. So he had finished the design, uh, and right as they were going to be released, he actually passed. So they named the coin the St. Gaudens uh, after the, the, the Augustus St. Gaudens is the guy who designed that coin uh, right up until they confiscated gold in 1933. So I've got 30 of those uh, at $2,200 a piece. You think about uh, gold up again today, up another $15 at 1960 and change. And then I've got 30 rolls of silver eagles at $35 a piece. Uh, that would be the cheapest in the country at $700. Uh, we don't get a lot of silver eagles. You guys know that. Uh, the, the only silver eagles we're getting is when someone sells them to us. So I have 30 rolls of U.S. silver eagles at $700. I have 30 St. Gaudens gold pieces at $2,200 at 800-951-0592. Take the time. Add them to your portfolios. Think about what's next. Where are we going? We've got the election coming. Uh, we saw, you know, Bob Woodward with another one of his big books. You know, this is this is why, you know, hey, listen, give the guy credit. He knows how to make money, right? And uh, this is his every four-year release. He releases one of these books. Uh, the the no debates yet. I can't wait to get one. Uh, but, but we have the election coming up. We have stimulus or no stimulus. Uh, the, the Republicans tried the skinny stimulus. That didn't work. Uh, we got 29.6 million people filing for continuing claims. Uh, the most young adults ever surpassing the Great Depression now living at home. They're saying that uh, the most young adults in the history of the United States since they've been keeping track of this. And listen, they've been keeping track of this for a really long time. A lot of the numbers, it's like, oh, you know, they, we, we, we just started tracking it like in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s. This is a number we've been tracking for well over 100 years. And they're saying that in any documented point in American history. So they've been going through the archives. According to the latest Pew Research Center poll, shares of 18 to 29-year-olds. So now 18, okay. You know, now I, I, my generation, we were out of the house. This generation, may, maybe not, but all the way to 29 Living at home has increased from 47% in February to 52% in July. 
And they're saying that that equated to 2.6 million more young Americans moving back home with mom and dad. And I can tell you right now, I'm sure that has a direct correlation to colleges closing down. Uh, the bounce from in 2020 now has been the largest in most ever, even including the Great Depression, where there was 48% of 18 to 29-year-olds uh, living with their parents. By the way, this is a number. And this is really what I think is kind of more important. As we're seeing the slow decline of the American empire. Right? Because one of the great things about America used to be, hey, you got that high school diploma. You went out, you go to work. And you could live. Right? You get a, a studio apartment. You get a one-bedroom apartment. You could have a vehicle. You could pay your bills. If you had a full-time job, you could pay your bills. You can't do that today. You can't even do it. Not even close. But look at the rate of increase. Go back to the 60s. Only 29% of young adults, and my guess would be the vast majority of these kids were probably in that 18, 19, 20-year-old range, lived with their parents. Fast forward to, tw- to, to, to the millennial, to, to the year 2000. We went from 29% to 38%. By 2010... Right now, we've been through the housing crisis, the financial crisis. That number jumped to 44%. Now we fast forward to, to 2020, and now that number is at 52%. And again, we're seeing this slow decline in, in the ability to pursue the American dream, right? These are kids that used to be. Hey, they were out there being productive members of society, right? They were out there, hey, we were renting apartments, we were buying cars, we were buying our first home, right? We were starting families, right? When you think about it, I mean, when's when's the last time any of that has happened? Now we're talking about, hey, you're 29 years old and you're still living with your parents. You're not. You don't have a family, right? You you you're not uh, owning your own home, right? You're 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 in the basement of your parents' house, and the numbers are alarming. And this is why I said. Remember yesterday, I shared with you the housing data. Be careful. It looks so good on the outside. It feels good, doesn't it? But then I was telling you all the new rental com- communities. Look it up yourself, Arizona. We've got like five different home builders that are all selling rentals, brand-new single-family store, single family home rental communities, uh, really driving up uh, the, the sales figures. And to get it, it just makes sense. right? We can't afford it. And they're sitting there telling us we need more inflation. Why would an 18- to 29-year-old live with their parents? Why? There's only one reason. There's only one reason. And that reason is because I can't afford to move out. And a lot of these people, and it's not like, listen, I don't want to make it sound like these guys, they're bums. 
uh, laying on the couch in the basement. Now, they, are, they exist, don't get me wrong. But a lot of these, uh, I, do we call them kids? They call them kids. A lot of these young adults, they're working. They've got jobs. And it's not enough. They can't, you know what? Here's what they can do. Well, I've got a vehicle. I've got to pay my car payment. And maybe maybe they pay their car insurance. You know, maybe they got to meet. You know, their parents are mean and they actually charge them rent. Right? right? A lot of them don't. Uh, a lot of my friends, right, they supplement uh, kids' income. So they, hey, we don't want you here. How much does it cost us to not have you here, right? You know, all of that going on. They can't afford it. I mean, they're, they're, they, they eat their parents' food. They got to do all this stuff, right? Maybe, maybe they pay for their cell phone. Maybe they don't pay for their cell phone. And now they can't move out of the house. And again, what are we setting ourselves up for? Right? And I, I haven't talked about uh, Social Security this week, but listen, this number's coming way down quickly. When that, you know, that imaginary trust fund starts running out, right? We're still having 10,000 people a day retire. And you know what? Here's what they're retiring into. Hey, I'm still supporting my kids, right? Student, think about this. What, what is in forbearance right now? Student loans, they don't have to pay them right now. Uh, rents, you don't have to pay them, right? Mortgages, don't have to pay them, right? All these things in forbearance. And, and when that all ends, this whole thing comes crashing down. And I'm going to tell you right now, these banks, you better be real, real careful. Because at the end of the day, all of these, you know, whether they're CDOs or whatever, these securitized debts, you know, the Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 debts. Let's face it, Tier 1 debt, United States on Credit Watch negative. Right? We're already on Credit Watch negative because of the amount of debt that we're in. You know, yesterday I told you the, the, the small number is going to be $3 trillion. The actual number... Is going to be over 4.2, maybe 4.5, somewhere between 4.2 and 4.5 trillion dollars is going to be the actual deficit for 2020. Think about it, that's almost that's be that's like 22 and a half percent of GDP. And now we've got 30 million people still collecting. Unemployment benefits, and, and again, the this temporary $300 thing, I don't know how many states are now paying it. I know we're up to 45 states have been approved. I think now about half the states are passing it out. That, that thing's going to end here in, in, in weeks. Because remember, that was, that was just money transferred over from FEMA. And you start looking at, okay, what is, what is 2021 going to bring us? I don't care who's president. Right? Is it Biden? Is it Trump? Does it matter? Right? We know the bailouts are going to continue to be needed. The states, they've got, listen, the next three to six months is going to be critical. We're seeing already now states, uh, cities that are hammered, they can't go any farther. Hey, we don't, we ran out, uh, you know, three to six months. That's like an average. 
right? Some some states got longer, some states got less. Some cities got longer, some cities got less. Right? We already saw cities in California are renting streets from hedge funds. Hey, you lend us money, right? And, And somehow we're going to pay you rent. On the streets that we, that this, I, I don't know, are they residential streets? Are they, what type of street, what streets are we talking about? No one really understands what's the effect, what happens if the city doesn't pay. My guess is whoever loaned them the money, they're not dumb. I'm sure they're sitting in numero uno position, right? When the state can't pay, we get paid first. Right? It's kind of like in your bank accounts. Listen, as of this morning, there was roughly just forget about corporations. Forget about states. Forget about cities and what's in their bank accounts. The U.S. population, the 320-plus million people, we have about $2 trillion in the banks. They've got about, I don't know, 30 or $40 billion in FDIC insurance money. You know how it works. Pick up the gold, the Saints and the Silver Eagles, 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. 800-951-0592. Uh, running out here, Silver Eagles, uh, $700 a roll. I think we're down to 14 rolls. If, if, if we got three lines open still, 800 951. Two lines open now, 800 951 We got about 20, 22, I think, 22 of the Saints. Listen, the Saints, we haven't had Saints in six, maybe eight weeks. Uh, 2200 bucks. snap them up, 800 951 0592 uh, Silver Eagles. We had a customer sell to us this morning. This is why we have them. Uh, the St. Gaudens, like I, I've been collecting them, and then today uh, got a few more of them. So we're able to do third. We started with 30 of those. They're at $2,200. Uh, 800 The Dow's down about 80. Uh, gold's up a dozen. Silver is up uh, about a twenty-five cents. Uh, crude oil uh, was under a little bit of pressure this morning after crude inventories uh, kind of matched the jobless claims. Right, it started with jobless claims, uh, eight hundred eighty-four thousand again. And of course, this is the new new number, but the problem was the continuing claims rising again. Uh, did you hear about J.P. Morgan? And this is the problem with these banks. I mean. You would think that the companies that are entrusted with our financial well-being, right? We, I mean, we we got to have money in the bank. I mean, I wish we didn't, but we do, right? You got to pay your bills. I mean, most jobs, right? You can't work there unless you have a bank account because, hey, we don't give you a check anymore. You don't get to cash your paycheck at your job uh, like I used to do. A lot of you out there, that's what you know, that's what you did. You got paid on Friday and you just had them cash it. Not anymore. And now they're they JP Morgan is already announced that they've had a problem with their employees in regards to the PPP, 
apparently, according to the report. Now, I don't know if J.P. Morgan did it out of the kindness of their hearts. I kind of doubt it. Right, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a little skeptical that they self-reported, right? I'm sure somebody in the government said, hey, we got a problem. And remember, who was the worst? Who was the worst in giving out the PPP money? Because I know, right? You know, we if you're a business owner, especially a business like mine, it, you're in a big bank, right? Because you just have to be. And they have most of the money. I, I gave up on my bank. J.P. Morgan, they were one of the worst in giving out loans, especially with the percentage of small businesses that have bank accounts with J.P. Morgan. They weren't giving it to them. They were giving it out to their friends, right, the big guys, and then come to find out they had a bunch of staff that just, made up companies and gave themselves PPP loans. Yeah. Listen, pretty smart. They're like, who's going to check? And, and and these are the ones, like, I ended up doing it through a small bank. I, I didn't, I, I just went to a little bank. They were the ones that treated you better. If it wasn't such a pain in the you-know-what to switch bank accounts, I would. The problem is these small banks, they get gobbled up so fast anymore. They're here today, gone tomorrow. All the same type of regulation, and and I'm not surprised at all. And I guarantee you, we'll talk about J.P. Morgan because they're the ones uh, that were announcing that they had a problem, that they found what they called improper conduct, including instances of customers misusing paycheck uh, protection program loans, unemployment benefits, and other programs and some employees have fallen short too. Now, I don't know if that what that you know, hey, it wasn't just our employees looking a lot of a lot of these people that filled out this stuff, they did bad too. And what they're saying is uh these were such a bogus claims that they should have been easily spotted, but of course, you know, the banks they don't like to have oversight. It's okay. If you look up the Better Business Bureau and you look up complaints. Google your bank. Just try it. See how many complaints they have. The, the records. Right? Nobody gets more complaints than the banks, and yet they come out on TV and they try to convince you it's the safest place to have your money. Are you kidding me? These banks, first of all, they, they, they now have been bailed out by the central bank. Think about this repeatedly over the last, what, 14 years, 13 years or so? Right? Think about the Fed's balance sheet. Do you know that sitting on our central bank's balance sheet right now, 33% of all mortgage-backed securities now reside at the Fed instead of on the bank's sheets? Right? Why do you think that is? Because you know why? The, the, the sad reality is these, these debts are not worth the paper they're printed on. And when these moratoriums come to an end, believe me, the same thing with, is going to happen with commercial-backed real estate, the same thing that's going to happen with anything when you talk about whether it be auto loans, credit cards, when they're going to buy it all. We're going to see in 2021...
potentially a doubling of the central bank's balance sheets because the banks themselves, all of these stress tests and, and all these other things that they created to try to convince us that it was okay to keep our money there. You know, first they created the FDIC, right? That was, that was something they created that during the Great Depression. How can we convince Americans to put their money back in the bank? And they gave you what they called insurance. You're insured up to $250,000. Which, remembered, you know, $250,000, that used to be a heck of a lot of money. And I don't want to make it seem like $250,000 is not a lot of money today. But think about $250,000 in 1970, the year I was born, okay? You could buy a middle-class house. And a brand new car, decent one, brand new car, middle class home for thirty grand. Right? Now today, you can't even buy a middle class home. Forget about the car. You can't even buy the home for two hundred and fifty thousand. Can't. You can buy a dump. Right, maybe, maybe, maybe if you drive far enough out of town, maybe you get home. And now they're pretending like they can insure $2 trillion with $30 billion? Come on. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Uh, I'm shocked. We actually still have. Uh, 12 rolls of Silver Eagles at $700. Uh, we still have some Saints at $2,200. If you're going to be alive, if you're planning on being alive in 2025, I highly suggest, if you have the means, you call today and add. Uh, they dusted off Alan Greenspan. He's still alive. Remember the maestro? Man, I wish we could go back. Right. Remember the the maestro Alan Greenspan. Our deficit was five trillion, and he had a great plan. He said, "Don't worry about entitlements. It's going to be okay because we're going to have the debt paid off by 2010." Right. We had remember the fake budget surpluses of the Clinton years, and that's what they thought. Right. And these were our our you know the smartest and best economists and bankers that the world that has ever seen. And here we sit, what is it, about 23 years later or 24 years later, or something like that, when he made those comments. We got a budget deficit of $27 trillion, not five. We didn't pay it off. A Fed balance sheet, which I think by this time next year could be approaching $15 trillion. The budget deficit by this time next year will be over $30 trillion. And we've got an entitlement problem. I, I, I don't want to you know, get everybody too fired up here, but not only are the cities and states, the pensions are broke. Remember, part of what the Democrats want, they want to bail out the pension funds. And the, the Republicans are resisting. Here's the problem. 
Right after the, with those guys, we got to bail out Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. There's no money there. And I know they're trying to go, oh, no, it's fine. It's not fine. There is no money there. It's called a non-marketable security because it really means, right, it's non-marketable because there really isn't a security. Right? You ever see that movie Dumb and Dumber? Right? And they had the suitcase and they just filled it with IOUs and spent all the money. That's, that's kind of what's there. And now all of a sudden, 30 million people who were paying into the system every single week are not paying in anymore. And it's just crippling. And remember, the, the, the whole payroll tax, it funds more than just Social Security, right? you got disability. You, you've got Medicare. You've got Medicaid. I mean, there's like five or six different things. And Social Security is the one that they, oh, well, it doesn't run out to 2031. True. The problem is Medicare and Medicaid, all of those run out in the next couple of years. So what they're going to do so they don't run out is divert more Social Security money to those programs. Listen, the whole thing ends in the next five years. And remember why it is that I know that there's no money in there because as soon as this thing ends, all of a sudden they only can pay 75% of the benefits. What happened to 99%, what happened to 90% and 85%, right? We're doing that now. We're spending that now. And this is the problem. And Alan Greenspan was actually out on TV today talking about what what the big problems are? Yeah, he sees inflation because you know you know the the amount of spending, and now the the central bank has to have it. Listen, in order to try to make all of these debts that the central bank is buying, to try to make believe, wink, wink, nod, nod, that the banks are actually healthy, which you all know, use your head. You got thirty million people not working, and the banks are solvent. Give me a break. They're not paying their mortgages. They're not paying their rents. They're not paying their commercial loans. And you think it's all going to work out just dandy? And, of course, now you look at government spending. Listen, this is just the tip of the iceberg. right? This isn't a one-time spike up in the debt. right? The debt's been on this path, but now we're entering into this level where so many different things, all of the... All of the kicking of the can down the road that our Congress has done. All the ridiculous amount of spending that they've been on. And it's been absolutely ridiculous. All the handouts. All the rewarding of failure. It's all coming home to roost. And I'm telling you, it's all set up. They already know how it ends. Listen, I'm telling you now, it's going to end with a digital currency. And that's somehow they're going to save us with this. They're going to save us with this. And really what it means is we're going to take that $2 trillion you got in the bank. Right? We're going we're gonna to turn that $2 trillion into about $200 billion. That's, what, that's really what it means. This is what they're going to do. Because this is what bankers always do. This is what always happens 
to fiat currencies. They always go to zero. Why? Because you have runaway debts, right? You just keep printing and printing and printing and printing. Nobody's allowed to fail, too big to fail, too this to fail, bail-ins, bail-outs, and you know it. You know, think about it. all the tools in the toolkit. It's absolutely, it's ridiculous. Nobody in the right mind believes that's happening. 800-951-0592. Why do you think everybody in the world, they're all buying gold, they're all getting their gold back. Heck, even pension funds now are like, you know what? Heck with this. Let's change the rules. Let's stop buying all this debt and let's start getting something that's real, something that's tangible. And that's where we come in. 800-951-0592. Uh, the St. Gaudens at $2,200. I believe we may be out of Silver Eagles. Pick up those Saints. 800-951-0592. Final segment coming up. 800-951-0592. Uh, before I leave you today, I want to let you know what Alan Greenspan had to say this morning on CNBC about the great deal of knowledge and the extraordinary increase in the size of the retirement area. And he's not talking about this in a good way. We are, if anything, underestimating the size of the budget deficits that are immediately down the road. And he said that he's saying the the goal of inflation uh, is, well, let's just say this. It's not obtainable. And again, remember, I told you this when they first created inflation targeting. That was right after, during the financial crisis. And what did I tell you then? Hey, they're going to start at 2%. Then they're going to erase it. And they're going to come up with another number. And then they're going to erase that one, come up with another number. And the numbers that they're going to come up with, they don't go down, they only go up. And this is why you're putting gold away. This is why uh, we're seeing gold now here and back at all-time, right, new all-time highs, right? I think by by this time next year, right, $3,000 gold, uh, we're going to be looking at silver somewhere near $50 an ounce. I think we'll have all-time high silver prices uh, as early as next year. And, and now Alan Greenspan coming out. Listen, he can do math. You know, it's not like these guys are dumb. They're very smart. But everything they touch, remember, everything they say, oh, well, the economy's got to do this, or we project that this is going to happen, and that's, they're never accurate. They're always off, and they're always overly optimistic, and that's the problem. These are the ones, right, our central bankers, they're the ones that should be the most pessimistic, and they're always the most overly optimistic. It's just like the stress test and allowing these banks to lie. Why? Because they want to be overly optimistic. They don't want you to know. Hey, we created hundreds of trillions of dollars of derivatives that's based upon loans that 30% of the population isn't paying. Yeah. It is what it is. 
you know, in that day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, you can do all this, you know, things and try to justify why it isn't going to be. It is exactly what it's going to be. Look at, look at what they're trying to convince you of this year. Four-plus trillion-dollar budget deficit, right? What? What happened to a trillion? Heck, what happened to two trillion? Where did three trillion go? How did we just go right to four trillion? And I tell you this all the time: How do people go bankrupt? It's always gradual, right? And very slowly, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're bankrupt. And that's kind of where we're at, right? We've been slowly going, and now all of a sudden, we're starting to what? Take these big falls. I think we're getting ready for the next big fall. The only question is, are you getting prepared or are you not? 800-951-0592 U.S. $20 St. Gaudens, $2,200 today. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back for one more show tomorrow. Here's the good news. Tomorrow's Friday. Everybody take care. God bless everybody.